0: The views expressed on this podcast do not... (laughs) It's time to engage the airstrike. The Theresa Kanzi Airstrike. To the it is episode 15. Welcome to the Tulisa Kanzi Airstrike podcasting from Cape Town, South Africa, the most beautiful city in the country. Welcome. Coming your way. I'll tell you what I'm Peter morning about. I'll talk about Cow cuddling therapy, and also what could happen if the youth of South Africa decide to shut down this country. But first things first, I kick off the podcast as always with Your elders were dirty. Now, your elders are constantly telling you that the music you listen to is full of Amaniala, forgetting that they too used to listen to filthy music in their 20s, in their teens, and in their 30s. Here's an example. b Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me hold it right there. Whenever blue teardrops are falling, whoa, 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 whoa. I'll get into that. I'll get into that. Marvin Gaye, Sexual Healing. A song that excited our elders. And when I talk about our elders, I include our grandparents and our parents. This song excited them during their youth remember when you were young at a family gathering or a party a christmas party whatever where the whole family is there and then these elders started to play their music and then when this particular song dropped your 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 everywhere your Grandparents were jumping. Your parents were jumping. Ibi nje. Vibing. To Marvin Gaye. Sexual healing. Ingoma oma amanyala. Oh my gosh, this song. This song is... <sighs> it's a treasure trove of amanyala, this particular song. It's just filled with them. From start to finish. Now let me look at the lyrical content of this song. Get up, get up, get up, get up. You know our elders, they they, they had this thing back in the days of, of naming their four fives after their clan names. So your, your your father or your grandfather was busy, get up, get up, get up, khatebe. Wake up, wake up, wake up, Mukwen. <laughs> Those kind of vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin Gaye, right there, is, is telling his men to get up, wake up. It's, 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 it's time to do it right now. That's what's going on there. Now, now with Mr. Marvin Gaye, it was widely known that he was addicted to sex. Okay, So, let me continue looking at the lyrics. He says, Oh baby, I am hot like an oven. I need some loving. And baby, I can't hold it much longer. It's getting stronger and stronger. What the hell is getting stronger and stronger? What the hell you can't hold anymore, Mr. Marvin Gay? I will tell you what it is. First of all, it's salt. It's utswai. Second of all, Mr. Marvin Gay is talking about his erection. That's what's going on there. He can't hold it much longer. It's getting stronger and stronger. He is talking about his erection. Now, Shem, here you were at the family Christmas party watching your elders enjoying themselves while Marvin Gaye was playing in the background. Mr. Marvin Gaye continues. He says, And when I get that feeling, I want sexual healing. Self-explanatory. Sexual healing makes me feel so fine. It's so good for me. What a dirty song. Imtaka, 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 imtaka lengoma, imtaka. Noba ungaikle kai one hundred billion times is oimtaga lengoma. There's nothing you can do about how dirty. This song is. Now, this is the most interesting part for me personally. This is when I cut the song off. Mr. Marvin Gaye says, whenever blue teardrops are falling. Hey, when I heard that, I was like, "Uh, sorry, what? What did you just say? Whenever blue teardrops are falling. I was like, what the hell does that mean? what are you saying blue teardrops what is that like what kind of std is a blue teardrop what kind of discharge are you getting that is blue sis this is disgusting and when i i I researched I, i was trying to find out like what does he what does he mean by blue teardrops what is he referencing and there's absolutely no answer and the only answer that i can come up with is that this was some terrible discharge. Blue teardrops, ha, 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 no, 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 this is, this is disgusting, okay, it is disgusting, even medical practitioners will tell you that, that is some delta variant STD, no ways, a blue discharge, ha, ha, Marvin Gayman, no, 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 that is disgusting, anyway, 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 he continues, And my emotional stability is leaving me. There is something I can do. I can get on the phone and call you up, baby. Sis! So, as a man, you are going through this terrible sexual urge that has got some blue discharge with it. You decide to call up a woman that is degrading the Billions and billions of women all over the world. Women are not your saviour for your irresponsible sexual behaviour, Marvin Gaye. And all our elders who used to enjoy this terrible song that is filled with amanyala. Why are you objectifying women like that? Women are queens. Women are mother earth. They're not there to save you when you are being sexually irresponsible. how dare you, mister Marvin Gay and all our elders, our fathers, grandfathers, uncles who used to vibe to the song in Amanyala? Lastly, lastly. Mr Marvin Gay continues Baby I got sick this morning. A sea was storming inside of me. Baby, I think I am capsizing. The waves are rising and rising. Yo, The kind of salt that our elders used to endure. My gosh. It got them capsizing. The, the waves were rising and rising. Hey, it was terrible times. It was terrible times. No elders of ours had control. Over wabo No elders of ours had control over their salt. You salt you only it up. You salt Leza Ikulisa Abandamatala back in the days. You are the salt that got your grandfather, your father, and your uncle sick. This salt was the salt that was responsible for our fathers, uncles and grandfathers to capsize. Hey, it was bad, bruh. It was bad. I am not making this up. It is all there in the lyrical content of Marvin Gaye's Sexual Healing, a classic dirty song that our elders used to listen to. I am done. Pepsuku, Uti, I miss. It's a Never ever go through your partner's smartphone. It's a classic. Brothers of Tulisa Ufunani. Never ever go through your partner's cell phone, man, because you're gonna find things that you are not ready to find. Never, ever do that, okay? Uh, of course, I'm not talking from experience. I just know these things based on research. <laughs> anyway, let me move on. I came across a story about cow cuddling therapy. Yay! This is a form of therapy that is provided by the Mountain Horse Farm, a wellness retreat in Naples, New York. It's a facility that deals with mental health. The owner of the facility, Susan, said, A lot of people have stress and anxiety and the cows are very good at lowering your heart rate and blood pressure. They are warm and furry. (sighs) After reading that story, I became traumatized. I really became traumatized. Even the headline traumatized me. Cow cuddling therapy. And I saw a picture of two white women cuddling with a cow. I became traumatized. And I had no idea that I have deep-seated trauma in me. It is through this story that has made me realize that I have trauma. That I have never ever dealt with. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. A few years ago, while preparing for my radio show, I was doing research, checking out some topics and so on. And Gokpa Panjia decided, you know what, let me just uh, do a show on bestiality. And then I started researching on bestiality. Hey, I went through the whole thing, man. I. No, man, I was, I was utterly disgusted by what I saw okay it was terrible i just could not understand how people could be so cruel because that's what bestiality is people are just being cruel it is people molesting and raping animals and i decided this is too much for me there is no way that i am going to do a show on bestiality i just cannot do it i cannot stomach the whole thing you know you know when you're going through something, you're researching on something, or you're doing something and your, your tummy is upset? Yeah, that's what I was going through. So I was like, I, I'm not going to do this. No ways. So I, I, I shut it down. I was like, nah, let me find something else to do. So anyway, while doing the research on bestiality, I realized that there's only a certain group of people who participate in this cruelty, and that is white people. It is only white people who have performed or have done induetibene bestiality? No other race. Okay? I, I just do not understand that. Why is it in today's world, people who commit such a crime, yes, that's the word, crime. That this is criminality. Bestiality is criminality. People who commit this crime, why are they not arrested? Why isn't there a huge campaign? You know the campaigns such as like killing the killing of rhinos, rhino poaching, and and those sorts of things? Why isn't there such intensity for, for bestiality? These people pretty much drug the animals to perform these atrocious criminal acts on these poor animals. They give them drugs and. Of course, they take footage of the whole thing. It's 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 terrible. That's why I just could not do it. I just I was like, uh, 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 uh. this is not my thing. I cannot do this. Okay, but why are we allowing it to happen? Why are we allowing this to happen? It's not like the bloody animals consent. Cows do not consent. Horses do not consent. Dogs do not consent. They Don't know such things, it's humans who are raping these poor animals. So, when I saw this cow cuddling therapy story, I instantly became traumatized. I, I did not realize but I had this trauma sitting at the back of my mind and I've never dealt with it. And I'm not because of Uncle papa, as in, in the papa, sometimes I, I need to do. I need because what was happening in my mind to even think about doing such things? Like, oh, let's research on this. Yeah, uh, this could be like groundbreaking radio pop. That's what it is, pop. Now I'm sitting here traumatized by by such things. It was a trigger. Cow cuddling therapy story was a trigger for me, especially when the Susan lady said. Yeah, a lot of people have stress and anxiety and the cows are very good at lowering their heart rate and blood pressure. But I was like, damn, probably on the flip side of things, it is the cow who has anxiety and stress and high blood pressure because humans do cruel things to animals. And there is no way, no way in hell that I'm sounding racist right now. I'm not being racist. I am speaking facts. The people who are guilty for this criminal act called bestiality, it is white people. White people do it. They do it a lot. This is a fact. Go online right now and research on the subject and you will find that people participating in this crime are mostly white people, are predominantly white people. Black people don't have time for these things. This is taboo. Same thing applies for other races. This is very taboo. This is very wrong. In India, they worship cows. They, if, if people in India see a cow crossing the road, trust me, there's going to be traffic because that traffic is waiting for the cow to cross the road. Cows in India are sacred. And then, of course, for many other people across the globe, Bestiality is taboo, and it is criminal. Ingaba Ingaba, yako iya fonyoza ko kanisenza izi doza sebusu Ukuba ukuna ipe ndo yake yoku fonyoza. Tenga i enti fonyoza tablet. I mm. enti fonyoza tablet contains the zeka ingredient that's clinically proven to reduce ukufonyoza. Now that the dust has settled, the unrest and the looting has disappeared, politicians decided to come out of their holes one by one. They used buzzwords such as Yeah, this was a well-orchestrated assault on our democracy. This was a military mobilization and those who are found to be instigators of this mass mobilization will be arrested and brought to book. Their utterances was a clear demonstration of what they think about poor people in South Africa. They displayed what we all knew And that is, politicians think less of poor people. It is clear that all this time, politicians thought that poor people do not know warehouses. That all this time, poor people did not know what those trucks were for. I'm sure in a politician's head, they thought that poor people thought that the logistic trucks that they see on their roads every day was just all this time it is clear that politicians thought that poor people did not know where their food and their appliances come from because how could poor people know exactly where to loot how could poor people go to warehouses it is clear that all those thoughts were in a politician's mind. That's why they could not grasp the idea of poor people being able to mobilize themselves and go to warehouses to loot. So with the mindset that these politicians have, what do they really think is going to happen when we young people decide to shut down South Africa? In fact, we will not decide to shut down South Africa we will decide to reset South Africa to our own default settings that are conducive to the growth of young people. That is what's going to happen. Right now, I can give them a very good idea of what could happen when the youth decide to shut down South Africa. We as the youth, we know the supply and value chain of our economy. We know it from A to Z. We know how things go. We know who owns what and who owns who. That's what we the youth of South Africa know. We know the relationship politicians have with the capital elite. As Kotom, we know these things. A lot of us young people know the pandemic of the white boys club in each and every sector of our economy. We know the players of these things. We know who's who in the white boys club. We the young people know that the home and business loans are given based on racial profiling. This is why a lot of young black youth in south africa are sitting at home with great business ideas but they cannot get funding for these ideas when they go to the local banks we know why we don't get funding for these things because the banks too have a white boys club in it we know all these things so what could happen when the youth shut down South Africa. Do these politicians actually think about this? Politicians should be afraid that we, the youth of this country, know too much. They should be afraid. Right now, we are sitting at over 70% unemployment in South Africa. We know these stats. They're there. So, when the day comes that we tell ourselves enough is enough, We are going to mobilize. What do they think is going to happen in South Africa? If the looting and unrest that happened in Gauteng and KZN was not a wake-up call for the ruling elite in this country, then (laughs) they're in trouble. If they are going to rest and relax after this whole thing, then they are in big trouble. Because when we, the youth, decide that enough is enough, we are going to take action, this country will fall apart. The youth is not going to go and loot shopping malls. Nah, 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 that's small play. That is small play. Nah. We, as the youth, we are not afraid to go to the union buildings. We are not afraid to go to parliament. (laughs) We are not afraid to burn down the airports. All of these airports, including privately owned airports, we are not scared to go after these places. We are not scared to go to the ports, to the harbors and burn things down. We are not afraid to do these things. We are not afraid to go to each and every headquarter of each and every financial institution in each and every CBD and burn it down. We are not afraid of doing that. So as the ruling elite in South Africa, Are you going to chill? Are you going to relax? Thinking that what I am talking about today will never ever happen? You you should be very afraid. We can build our own end-to-end encrypted apps for our own mobilization in order to shut down South Africa in the future if you don't listen. We are capable of doing such things. The question I ask to you is, Are you going to push us far enough? Are you going to continue to not listen? Are you going to continue to rest? Are you going to continue being caught up in corruption? Are you going to continue resting on your laurels? Are you about to host a party at a club, Chisanyama or restaurant and you want a DJ with mad skills? Well, book Tulisa Kanzi for a lit DJ performance and hear something like this. email tulisa.kanzi at gmail.com and let's get the party started started. polygamy means abundance said no south african woman ever (laughs) (laughs) south african women hate polygamy brad yeah they hate that ish So, yeah, only Americans can say stuff like that. That promo always cracks me up. Right, it's my 90 Day Fiancé Happily Ever After Season 6 review. We are checking out Episode 9. Angela and Michael is the first couple I'm looking at. And I must admit, Angela went from being my season favorite to being the most toxic person on 90 day fiance yeah no she's she's toxic right now she really is man uh look she continues to blame michael for everything wrong in their relationship which is very unfair i mean you've heard her twice already saying that the reason why she is an excessive smoker is because of michael the reason why she smokes one pack of cigarettes per day is because of michael that is nonsense that is an addict blaming somebody else for their own addiction. She is very toxic. And of course, right now, she suspects that Michael is cheating on her. And in that episode, on episode 9, she went to an IT specialist and he told her that it's, it's illegal to spy on someone without getting an order from the court, for example, from a judge. So she, she, she didn't get what she wanted and she tried to video call Michael and say he should put on his location on his WhatsApp and of course Michael did not do that and then of course that's when the arguing started well not the arguing the shouting from Angela it's as if that whenever Angela picks up the phone to video call Michael it is only to do one thing and that is to start a fight with poor Michael in Niger. Niger brother doesn't need that Come on, Michael is probably busy with his 419 scams there. <laughs> He's busy with his 419 scams there. then his wife calls to just stress him out. Like, what is that, man? Come on. Like, Angela's just being very toxic. She's toxic, man. And you saw in that episode, she video called Michael in front of the IT specialist. And just within less than 30 seconds, started shouting at Michael, looking for a reason to shout at Michael. And the IT specialist guy was just chilling there like the rest of us, looking all awkward. Uh, he just cannot believe how did he become part of this commotion between spouse and husband. He, he was just caught up in the middle. He just could not believe. like Why would this woman want to do this in front of a stranger and paint herself out as a victim of a cheating husband who doesn't care about her? Oh, man. Angie, Angie is just toxic. At the end, she threatened Michael of getting a divorce. And Michael was like, yeah, he doesn't care. You can go ahead. But soon thereafter, Michael backtracked. He started to (laughs) call Angela back. And Angela was not answering his video calls. Because, uh, yeah, Michael realized that, damn, he's going to lose his visa. He's going to lose his green card. Remember, Michael, focus on the prize. Focus on the main goal. And that is for you to get your bloody green card. Get that green card. No matter what. No matter at any cost. Get that green card. That's why Michael backtracked. He's like, ah, I don't care. It's fine. Ah, Next moment. He's calling Angela nonstop. So the guy the guy is focused. Okay. he He's focused. Now, Let's move on to another brother of ours who's in Africa. And that is Ronald. Of course, Ronald is married to Tiffany from the USA. And she and the kids traveled to our beautiful country, South Africa, where we live and strive for stealing and looting. (laughs) Jokes. Jokes. Okay. Jokes. That does not apply to us citizens of this country. It applies to those who are politicians and those who are wealthy business people, okay? Not us law-abiding citizens. Anyway, so now Ronald, of course, he is hell-bent on wanting his family to permanently stay in South Africa. And Tiffany is not about that life, including Daniel. They do not want to permanently stay in South Africa. They've got their own reasons, okay? But judging from their reasons, like, there isn't much of a difference between where Tiffany and Daniel live in America and where Ronald lives in South Africa. Like, yeah. If, if Tiffany lived in, 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 in New York, like, upstate New York, then yeah, okay, fine, sharp. But come on, she, like, lives in some small town in America. So, come on. Come on, Tiff. But... You can, you, you can sense that Ronald is going to work very, very hard to make sure that they stay in South Africa for a longer time. He's working very hard on that. And he, he, he's, he's not interested in going to the US. I think the reason is because he fears that his visa will be declined because of his terrible past. So that's why he's like mentally preparing himself for that disappointment so that his family remains in South Africa and they can stay together forever and ever in our land. And so far, at least um, things might work out for him in the short term because he made a good impression on Tiffany by getting a new spacious apartment. And in that apartment, he also built a room for Daniel. Uh, Tiffany was, wow, she was impressed. She could not believe. She was like, oh my God, like... You know, usually guys in America, when there's, like, not enough room for everyone in their apartment, they would just say, no, let's just get a bigger apartment, but not my South African husband. My South African husband built a new room for our son. Yeah, she, she was impressed. It's like, Tiff, that's how we do things in South Africa. It's, it's second nature. Like, why are you surprised? It's like Americans are used to, like, buying almost everything. Like, everything must be bought at the store like in order for you to have something you just need to buy it somewhere it's like that's the american mentality there isn't like a do-it-yourself kind of mentality it's like the american mentality is is very consumerist like everything must be consumed somewhere like you can't do it yourself except for those guys on hgtv who just love doing things for themselves But anyway, things continue to look good for the couple. We shall see what happens in the next few episodes. All hail for the Lord Commander of Complaints. No, the North Africans, they are always bullying everybody. Always. They bully referees, they bully everybody. They don't want to lose. They are going to lose tonight. We beat them fair and square. Do we want to justify how many times Kershitz win with a the, with the reference mistake? The yeah, Baroka players disrespected Madisha, which was not good. And most especially is the players who are on the bench, who are sitting there, disrespecting somebody who's playing, whilst they are sitting in the cold there in the stands. So, what are you, it's almost morning, about? Data continues to be expensive in South Africa. After so many years, we are struggling down here. Last week, I didn't have Wi-Fi connection for a good two days. It was a connection issue. The speeds were very slow. I was hitting a maximum of zero point twenty five megabits per second download and upload, which is atrocious. So I decided to try out buying data from Vodacom. That is my service provider. It has been my service provider for over 15 years. So I go on the Vodacom app and I look for data to buy. Mind you, I had about 11 rand airtime in my account. (laughs) So I'm like, let me try buying data with 11 rand airtime. So I just go through the, the offerings and I was like, damn, th- this is expensive. I couldn't get one gigs of data on the Vodacom app. There was no offer, none so ever, for at least 10 rands. One gigabyte data for 10 rands on Vodacom is unavailable. you find it nowhere in Vodacom's offering. You, I was so shocked. I haven't used Vodacom data in about three years. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. And I had hoped that, okay, since I haven't bought their data in three years, maybe somehow things have changed. Maybe now data is cheaper on Vodacom. So that's why I went there with a lot of optimism that I'm sure with 11 rands airtime, I'm going to buy myself at least one gigabyte data. But no, it is flipping expensive. And I'm not used to this. The Wi-Fi network that we have here at home, I can get hmm, like 14 gigabytes of data for 100 rands, for example. And I can get the lowest is somewhere around 20 rands for 2 gigabytes of data. You see, that's like some affordable-ish you can also get unlimited Wi-Fi for 400 rands. So it's very affordable. Wi-Fi at home is very affordable. And there are a lot of Wi-Fi service providers out there. These guys, the big networks, Vodacom, MTN, Cell C, their data offering continues to be flippin' expensive. And I know the excuse they are currently using is that The government needs to free up spectrum in the radio waves so that data will become cheaper for customers in South Africa. We have been waiting for the digital migration to happen for the past decade. And till this day, there's no movement. Apparently, movement is happening in areas such as the free state. It's a very slow process because you know who's in charge of it all. It's those very competent and world-class officials from the government. Very, very efficient people, those ones. So we shall see what happens. But I'm pretty sure that once the spectrum has been freed up and these guys, the big three or the big four, Vodacom, MTN, C and Telcom, once they actually get the spectrum, we shall see whether data will become much more cheaper in South Africa. But I doubt, I doubt because these guys are making billions of rands per annum. On data in South Africa. So, okay, back on the Vodacom app, I was looking for at least one gigabyte of data for 30 days. And <laughs> one gigabyte of data on Vodacom costs 99 rands. 99 rands. That is ridiculous. And if you're an MTN user, then one gig of data. Is also 99 rands on MTN. Cell C, 1.5 gigabytes of data cost 80 rands. I'm not even going to say I know at least it's better. There's nothing better about that. It's expensive. It's very, very expensive. Remember I said that my Wi-Fi internet service provider, I can get 14 gigabytes of data for 100 rands. Vodacom, for 100 rands, you will get one gigabyte of data. That is ridiculous. And these people in government know these things. But what are they doing? Of course, resting on their laurels. I know you might say, but a few months ago, the Competition Commission ruled and data prices have been reduced in South Africa. But that is not enough. It is not enough because one gigabyte of data cost 100 rand in this flipping country. One gigabyte of data. What are we living in the year two thousand and one? It's ridiculous. Two gigabytes of data on Vodacom cost one hundred and fifty-nine rands. Yeah, even nonsense. If you want ten gigabytes of data on Vodacom, you will get it for four hundred and sixty-nine rands. Gelo, Klesha, There are other network providers out there who will provide you with unkept Wi-Fi or fibre to the home. For the same price, and and you are getting upload and download speeds of an average ten megabits per second. But for thirty days, Vodacom will give you ten gigabytes of data for four hundred and sixty nine rands. That is atrocious. You look at MTN. Same thing with MTN. Ten gigabytes of data costs four hundred and sixty nine rands. Cell C, on the other hand, you will get 12 gigabytes of data for 30 days for 300 rands. This level of greed is sickening, bruh. Now, I use data because I am always on the internet. It's either I am reading up on something, researching on something, or watching something of interest to me that I would love to talk about one day on the podcast, or I am searching for new music. Or I am uploading stuff. So, data is part of my daily life. It's, it's part of my routine, I guess. I need it every day. Now, think about a person who needs data for far more serious things. Think about a student who has to research for their assignments and so on. And they can't afford one gigabyte of data because it is expensive. It averages 100 rands for 30 days. And mind you, gah. Okay, Mind you, one gigabyte of data can be used within 30 minutes. This level of greed, again, it is sickening. When will it end? I've got absolutely no hope that once these internet service providers, these big networks, get the spectrum that they require from the government once the digital migration has been completed, I doubt that data will be as cheap as the data we are getting from these Wi-Fi internet service providers. I doubt it. With that being said, thank you very much for tuning in to the Tulisa Kanzi Airstrike episode 15. I really appreciate your time. We will do this again next week for episode 16. Remember, whatever you do, do not lose the child in you.